You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We have a new episode of the Odds and End Zones podcast on the Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. I'm Seamus Clancy, Deputy Sports Editor of PhillyVoice.com. Joined as always, my guy Zoe. Zoe? boy how's it going good man happy happy friday we are recording on friday for yeah folks listening recording on friday august 5th i don't know when you'll specifically be listening to this but it's training camp preseason's coming whenever you're listening to it it'll still be relevant yes sir so how's um how has uh so you've been down for training camp all six practices now right I didn't go to the sixth one. Uh, my boss, Evan Macy, went to that one. But I went to the first five, and I'll be going tomorrow, Saturday, the sixth. Again, I don't know when you're listening to it. Probably not tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's It's been a different experience, but it's been really fun. Yeah. Uh, just not used to being in that environment. But sure. I feel like I'm fitting in pretty well. You know, the yeah. first practice I went to, you know, asking Harry Roseman questions in the opening press conference. Now he gassed me up for the Dan Flash's shirt I was the wearing. Dan Flash's shirt, right. Trying to get on my good side, buttering <laughs> up the media like a good uh, worker, general manager that he is. Good politician. Good politician for sure. I'm sure he has some sort of burner accounts and knows oh, yeah, things yeah, announced yeah. to what we're saying. Well, uh, yeah, of course. I've panned him in the past, and this whole offseason I've given him a ton of credit, so you can't complain about me right now. What um... – what do you think, you know, as a media person, what, what's been like an eye opener for you as opposed to just seeing it as a fan? I feel like there's different stuff. You know, we have different access. You see different stuff in terms of preparation for the season and stuff like that. I think that you realize going down there how well run of an organization they are. Yeah. And I'm not even talking specifically about football operations and yeah. roster management, but they're a good organization. This isn't Washington. This isn't Daniel Snyder. Yeah. The way that they treat the media is really well. There have been fans at every practice, yep. very organized, seems like very fun for the fans. Not super strict, but in a way yeah. that they have their crap together and know what they're doing. You know, have the free water ice, the free chickies and peats for yeah. fans. On the hot days, there was one cloudy, rainy day. I didn't get water ice, but after the way I had a practice, you know, I got a nice tan going on. Yeah. <laughs> from from being in the sun, getting a little farmer's tan with the uh, shirts I'm wearing. But they're really well run, well structured. They have their crap together and yeah. not naming names, but been to some other organizations and, and sports teams from the outside. It seems like they don't have their stuff together. But I think that the Eagles really do. And again, not just talking strictly football operations, roster management, play on the field, but as an organization, as a business overall, 
they seem very well run and I respect yeah. the people, whether it's the PR staff, community relations staff, yeah. seem to all be pretty good people who do a damn good job yeah. at their jobs. So um, in terms of football now, right? Um, we've heard a lot this week and specifically you know, this week about QB1, uh, stock up, stock down, stock even. I, I I'll give I'll give my insight, but I want to hear you. Let's your, hear it. You know, um, so my mine first is I think I, I I told you this all all off air as well, but um, they really more so than just being someone that that he likes to be a good guy and that you know everyone genuinely thinks he's a great guy so on and so forth. They need him to be the guy because regardless of how good that, that defense is going to be, and I think we both think that there's going to be some marginal progress, especially with a revamped, semi-revamped secondary. Yeah. They are facing a a quite quite a bit of regression if he's just not if he doesn't have a good year. I, I just think that there's no there's no wiggle room there. He needs to have a good year. And the early returns are just they're still so up and down that if if that's any kind of indication of what the season is going to look like, it's going to it's just going to suck for all of us. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the quarterback position all year, if you know what I mean. And yeah, it's a headache already. He's been pretty uneven. So I'll go practice by practice. First practice was last Wednesday. Uh-huh. Um, so he looked pretty good, pretty sharp. They did a lot of red zone drills, and he looked good there. And that's yep. where the position on the field, he should succeed the most. Yep. You know, you saw Carson Wentz do it because of that mobility, because yep. of that strength. That's a key part of his game. And yep. even in these red zones, seven on seven, well, you're doing 11 on 11 when you're doing red zone. Right. In those settings, he can't even completely utilize his mobility and ability to run and tuck the ball and juke a guy, knock over a guy to get in the end zone. Right. The same way in a practice setting as he could when the pads are on. I mean, they have the pads on now, but it's not live action tackling. The way it right. can be in a real, real game. But everything that comes down to him is going to be what happens in between the 20s. Is he going to be able to hit a third and eight yeah. for 12 yards on a comeback route? Is there going to be zip on the ball enough to do that? And he looked okay doing that stuff last Wednesday. Then he had Friday and Saturday practice. Friday, Saturday? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah he didn't look good. Yeah, because yeah, you he were down there. Yeah. Uh, then last, I guess it was Monday, he did not look good again. And then on Tuesday, Tuesday? Yeah, on Tuesday, he looked awesome, I thought. Yeah. So he had two good practices. I would say one – Really good practice, one pretty good practice. Uh, two bad ones, one kind of bad, kind of okay. Which is kind of if you went into the season, and I mean went into training camp, I should say, you had to guess what it was. Yeah, out of five practices, he's going to have two good ones, two bad ones, and one okay one. Yeah. I mean, that's just who he is. And it's a detriment of who he is as a passer. But like we are saying with the running ability, his game is not meant for right. a seven-on-seven seven setting. Right. And again, you could say, well, if he was a better passer, it would be. And that's a that's a true critique. That's a fine critique. Right. But you have to play to the strengths of your quarterback. He is the quarterback this year. Yeah. And it's not going to be Sam Bradford seven-on-seven, seven, Dinkin and Duncan. Right. That way. That I mean, he doesn't have to be Tom Brady in here, but there are other quarterbacks 
who succeed in this setting, but don't necessarily do when the games actually matter in the fall and the winter. And when you're robbing him of the things that he does well, and these practice sessions are minimizing the best parts of his game, it becomes hard to evaluate him and it becomes hard to evaluate the offense overall. And yes, we all think they're going to throw more this year. And I bet they will at least early on, at least early on, they're going to throw more than they did last year. But what the strength of this team still is, is that gritty trench warfare offensive line play and the running game. And when you're doing shells and shorts, you can't properly evaluate that. You can't actually put it into practice the way you would in a real game setting. Right. So it looks like the offense is playing worse than I think they truly are when the games matter. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the one thing that I will that I take it back to is, you know, um, how much of a guy do you really see in training camp or in practice? And, and like they don't run um, – conceivably they don't run everything that they're going to run. So we don't get to see him, you know, running a lot, you know, which is, you know, his legs are his best feature right now in, in terms of what he does best. And, you know, and the red zone, um, you know, the red zone flexibility, again, because he is um, a quote unquote dual threat quarterback. But I, I think the other thing that, that I, that I also harp back, harp back on is, what kind of leadership is he showing, you know, in the huddle and when they, and when they are lining up, because I think that was a big thing last year too. And what I mean by that is they all took his lead, you know, when, when they were coming back on the field, like Kelsey himself would say like, Oh yeah. Like dude, dude, listen, when he talks, you know, like he, like we follow him on the field and in the huddles so on and so forth. So like, I think that the, that one piece, which happens to be a giant piece being able to throw the football, ironically is people forget that's a big part of the right, game. people forget people forget that that's a very big part of the game um you know and i i i just think any kind of minor progression would be terrific like i, I he's not Derek Carr. they're not going to run an air raid offense all of a sudden like we get that but you went out and you got you know you went out and you got aj brown and you revamped the wide receiver core and you clearly have shown that passing the ball, matriculating it down the field quicker than you did last year is going to be at a premium. So you need to at least see him, you know, be able to to show any kind of flash, you know, in, in practice that he can do that, you know, um, without little to no, you know, accommodation. I'm a Hurts guy. I like him. I like him for what he is. I know yep. that he's not Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert. And probably on this podcast, and we're definitely the person who's most optimistic about him. How many games would you say? Because you mentioned the guy, and I've always liked him more than the consensus, I think. And I think after last season, you saw him go up in stock for some people, and especially with the additions they made this offseason. Derek Carr. Yeah. Mayfair's own. How many games would the Eagles win if Derek Carr was a quarterback? And I like Hertz. I think that if he plays the same as he did last year, yeah, they win eleven games. Oh yeah, I think there's a standard deviation of sorts. Two wins either way. Yeah, they could win eight games, nine games. But if Hertz plays just a tad bit better, I think they could win twelve or thirteen games. Yeah, I, if you I, enter I, Derek Carr into this roster, given the receiver talent, obviously the running game takes a step back. Yeah, maybe the intangibles take a step back. I can't speak to who Derek Carr is as a leader. Right. How many games I, they win? I, I think they. 
I think I, I agree with you. Um, I think um, they're better, but not like they're not like, like they're ten not like tiers better, or exponentially yeah. better. I definitely not ten tiers, exponentially better. I I think the one thing, um, um, this is not a hurts first Derek Carr, but like if you, <laughs> the one thing that you uh, we we are getting like this is like Ryan Russell gets mad you're getting aggregated. <laughs> not that someone ever aggregated this podcast, but it was just Derek Carr has always been this intriguing prospect in this. Yeah, this guy where he's the demarcator where if your quarterback is Derek Carr or better, you're fine. Right. If he's like the guy right below Derek Carr and you're paying him money and he's on a contract, yeah. it's you're kind of in a football limbo. Well, he's an intriguing guy, you know, almost like Hurts, because I do think that people I think there's a lot of people in Las Vegas who think he's the guy, but I think there's a lot of people who are like, I'm not so sure about him yet. And I think that's the same thing that we're facing with, with Hurts. I I like Jalen. I, you know, again, this I think this podcast is very pro Jalen. We both we both said that. Um, I really, really, really we're do vibes like guys, him. man. And, and yeah, we're vibes guys. He, he passes. He's an A plus vibes, and you know, even when he when he got some uh, plays, and again, he looked really good on today's Friday Tuesday practice. He had his sharpest practice in camp. I do. You know, I'm diagramming, breaking down literally every single pass. He's throwing right. in team drills when I'm down there right. doing them for the voice. You could just Google Jalen Hurts watch 2022, and I'm sure they all come up. And on go, yeah. But when he does excel, there's a different vibe. And you see, you know, they, they have the fake down and distance situations, yep. and it's third and eight, and it's a 15-yard completion to A.J. Brown. And I thought Hurts has looked great throwing the ball over the yeah. middle, and even in the practices where he hasn't looked quite good overall. And we talked about the spray chart last year. Only throws to his right. He's throwing more to his left in camp. Not very successful doing so, which is kind of what you would expect. Yeah. But on these quick slant routes over the middle, whether it's Goddard or Brown, he looks really good. And there's more zip on the ball than you would expect. And A.J. Brown is much better than Michael Thomas. And I wrote about this. What if they put him in a little slant god mode where I think that could feast on consistent eight, nine-yard pickoffs, whether it's Brown or him and – you know, Devontae's not essentially going over the middle like that, but has the short hands, and we'll see what happens with the slot receivers. They've been using Gainwell and Bosco a lot in the slot, and I think those kind of Darren Sproles, you know, S square ends with him could really be a new factor for his game where he's not just rolling right every time. He's making those three-step drops and actually hitting guys over the middle then. I, I also love um... – I love AJ using using size to his advantage. I, I know he's been given he's a beast, um, dude. He's been given oh, slave fits and and which is which also is understandable. I, that's I so slave, fun to watch them in camp go against each other. Yeah, and that and that's needed. Like Slay's a Slay's a, he's a technician and he 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 excels against speedier guys because he's bigger than them in most you know most times. But I feel like you know him going up against a guy like AJ, they're both big dudes who are strong. Um, it's just terrific, terrific matchup and, and great work for the both of them. You know, like you mentioned, I, I think that um, you brought up a point earlier that if, you know, just a minor progression from Jalen and they probably win, you know, they're anywhere from nine, 10 to 11 games. And I really agree. I, I think that defense can win you, um, you, you can win six games alone just from defense. You know, I, I think that, and I think this defense will, I think there's going to be, many a night um when this front seven does win a game for them um or when you know they do get a crucial a crucial third and six stop 
uh, where the offense just has to run the ball out. I, I think that the defense is trending toward being built to do that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And I think that when you do that and you 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 tell the offense, look, just meet us halfway, well, then that, that shortens expectations for Jalen and also makes it a lot easier, to be honest. If you just say, look, we'll – We'll get you six games. You just got to get us four more. <laughs> then we're yeah. you know, then we're ten. And, then we're ten and seven. Probably winning the division or at least getting a you know a high wild card. And then from from that point on, it's anybody's game. We, when we've seen it with the with the Bengals last year, all you got to do is get in. They have one home playoff game. Anything could happen, right? Really, truly, and it doesn't right. mean they're the the best team in the NFC right. or they're a top three team. Just if you have at least one home playoff game and you win that game and you should win a home playoff game, you should win. I've gone to Eagles home playoff games where they lost. I've gone to two, but if if you're winning those games, then round two hats are off wild card. Anything could happen. Right. Hurts two fourth quarter comeback game winning drives last year. Even those like one's the Panthers game. Oh yeah, it's terrible for most of that game. That's like such a weird stat. And I and I do put stock in a quarterback wins. Maybe not uh, entirely. Like Mitchell Trubisky goes thirteen to three one year. That's that's not speaking to his quality. But when it right. comes to yeah. playoffs and stuff, I do value that. And I think he can win a couple games. And when you're talking about the defense winning those games, what I really like, and everyone says, you know. You predict a soft schedule could be a hard schedule. Predict a hard schedule could be a soft schedule. That's what happened in 2017. The Eagles have this really hard schedule. The Raiders were great last year. The Broncos have the best defense. Neither of them made the playoffs that year, and they weren't that good. But at least theoretically, on paper, to start the season, the Eagles have a soft schedule. And I think giving that little bit of leeway with the defense to see exactly how do they want to use Hassan Reddick, how do they want to use Jordan Davis, how do they want to use James Bradbury, Having that little period, if they're going four and two, five and one, six and two to start the year before you get into the gritty or playing the teams that play the playoffs, you're getting into those Dallas divisional games. I think that's great. And I think you're going to have time for them to mesh together, to figure things out. And I think the offense can hang tough in that medium time. But once it comes to the heart of the schedule, I expect the defense to be in full force. I think they can be a top 10 unit this season for sure, whether you're evaluating against the run you got to be closer to a top five unit and that's not even asking for much improvement from the guys but if you're just you have sticking jordan davis over the, the center it's just it just changes a lot of things and i think the pass rush will be better this year you have bg coming back and bg really one of the best uh run stopping defensive ends i've ever seen and hassan reddick however they're going to utilize him and they're gonna have a little bit better at cornerback to play and steve nelson i thought was fine last year but bradbury yeah he was an improvement on him and I think Avante is one of the better slot guys in the league. Not one of the best, one of the better slot guys. One of the better, right. It's a fine distinction. Uh, they will be fine. I, I think that there's always questions at safety on this team. Like, you know, um, For, We'll be wondering about the safety position until the end of time. That's right. what I've written. It's like you can't have no holes on the entire team. It's just not a feasible team-building structure. Right. right. But it's just so magnified here the way this city is – obsessed with the safety position i don't think any city is obsessed with any positions like this let alone the way eagles fans are with safety and cube and qb number two i'm not like crapping on them obviously yeah. because i've been there and it's fun and that's part of being a fan and that's why it's great but it just it's crazy that the one position people care about more than anything besides 
QB1 and QB2 is what's the question mark on that team. Right. And it's like, and I think that um, a proper, it's a proper team building structure because you're, you're going to have your, not, I don't want to say weak link, but you're going to have your positions of, of uh, you know, of. Can't value everything. Right. Everything can't be valued. You just, there's just no, there's no such thing as a perfect team. Like, you know, um, but, it's, you know, yeah, in this city, we, we, we love to know well, we love to think about or worry about who the safety is, who the backup quarterback is, and, and who the backup center is. So like, you know, like yes. we're we're Jack we Anderson stands, stand right. up. <laughs> right. This is just what we do in this city, man. But I think that um another thing that 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 struck me as well is how how Jordan Davis's teammates talk about him. One, aside from the fact that they all say the dude, he's absolutely huge. Like everybody, if a football player says you're huge, then you know you're you're gigantic. So like all his teammates to a man saying that he's an absolute mountain is incredible. And I think the second part is everyone commenting on how quick of a study he is. Right. So like some like and you and we've we've seen it, we both watched the game long enough to know like we've seen guys who just rely on their sheer athleticism and their power to be good at the game, which is totally fine. Like he, you know, he strikes me as the kind of guy who likes to study and who enjoys it. And it's good to hear from his teammates and his coaches that he is that kind of guy. Like he studies the game. He wants to know it. He wants to get better. Like he's going up against Cam Jurgens every day. And, and, you know, those two are battling. And when it comes time to get into the trenches, man. And I think that, um, that top five, you know, top three run defense is going to square mostly on his shoulders. You know, like him being able to take up two, sometimes three blockers, is uh, is going to be crucial for how good they are against against the run. I'm just so happy he's on this team. I'm he's a really great guy, good. and whether yeah. you want to look at me as the spectator part of myself, just a great, great player, one of the best college players I've ever seen either side of the ball. Media standpoint. Talked to him a couple of times in camp already. Very personable guy, very energetic is, and some players aren't, and that's never a critique from me. Like if a guy just like Jalen Hurts, unbelievable leader, but he's not really plays the media game. Right, right, right. I don't care. I mean, he yeah. doesn't really, he, he talks to us. If he'll ask a question, he might deflect a little bit. That's fine. That's his prerogative. As long as he's bringing the intangible aspects right. and he's performing at least somewhat quality on the field. I don't think media really should complain about that. Yeah. But Davis is just, uh, he has an infectious personality. It's, it's a weird comp because one is you think of this like little engine that could, and the other one's this hulking presence, but yeah. little maxi, <laughs> little maxi vibes in terms of oh, yeah. uh, just kind of being free flow and going the yeah. flow. You have vets here. You don't need to be the main guy, even though maybe in a different situation, you could be the main guy. Big maxi vibes. I think that um, that's a really that's a really good comparison. Like they're both guys who enjoy their just craft. seem just so happy to be there. Yeah, they're just happy to be there. They enjoy their craft. They enjoy doing what they do. I, I think that um, he is his story is is pretty is pretty funny too. Like the the Georgia coaches, you know, told him last summer, like if you if you wait and just spend this summer working on your body. And working on the game, you know, we could do something great, and you can, you know, you can, you can almost guarantee yourself a top ten pick. I mean, guy came back, got into camp, you know, in shape, went and had 
was one of, was a part of it, probably one of the top 10 greatest defenses in college football history and made himself a top 15 pick. Like that's the kind of stuff that uh, you'll, you'll hear about him is just how hard of a worker he is. And it's just so, so, so cool that he's in that Eagles locker room. I mean, he's not, he's right next to a guy like Fletcher Cox, you know, perennial pro bowler and, you know, all pro like that kind of stuff will will help him carry you know himself and this team like for decades he looks like a senior scrimmaging with jv <laughs> sometimes and i mean that in terms of just physical presence and sometimes in terms of actual performance yeah not a big pass rush guy at least i, I hated that whole talk oh he doesn't have a pass rush. he played on like the most stacked defense ever right and it's, a, and it's a little this is part of the maxi comp for me is that Maxi went to a program that just has, you know, one through 13 has right. guys that could start anywhere else, put up bigger numbers if they went to Creighton or, you know, not, I don't want to say Villanova, Georgetown, you know, smaller right. schools. And I think his pass rushing numbers would have been different if he was asked to do different things. If he wasn't playing, you know, the four eye or four tech, whatever, those types of things. He wasn't just playing nose guard, nose tackle. He could be putting up different numbers and I don't think he'll be a big numbers guy and Jonathan Gannon's defense, at least not initially, but if you're looking at, you know, PFF grades or which isn't a real advanced stat, yeah, it's, and it's hard yeah. to have advanced numbers in football because it's such a team that's been team dependent sports, but he just collapses the pocket most times. Right. He's not getting sack numbers. Oh, but you know, he's he just, the, the, the pocket is just, the pocket is, 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 literally is, it's a bubble is blowing up just if, you can't have two guys on him. I mean, you can't just have – you have to have two guys on him. You can't just have one guy on him. And, like, also, and, you know, the guy two two positions down from him was number one pick in the draft. Like, he didn't – he was not asked to rush the quarterback every play because you had yeah. Trayvon Walker, you know, coming off the edge. Like, they, that just wasn't the scheme of the defense. The scheme of the defense was, well, we have our speed guys who are going to get to the quarterback. All you do is take up three blockers. And we'll, we, will, we will not score. We will not have a point scored against us. Like that was his ass. If you throw him on Nebraska right. last year, just a normal, you know, power five conference team probably has 15, 16 tackles for loss. Yep. Seven or eight yep. sacks. Minimum. And probably double the amount of tackles because he's allowed to say, you know, let's play. I don't know Nebraska's defense, but say let's just play like a more traditional four three set yeah. where he's a three tacker yeah a fletcher cox style but he can do everything and excels at everything too and man he's just i remember getting really into the draft last year and we're watching the georgia season unfold and just man this, this team is unbelievable and then you go and i'm looking at mock drafts it's like the 23rd pick jordan davis I'm like isn't this guy the best player on the best team ever like why isn't he going earlier and i I thought it was weird he wasn't the top five pick. And obviously, I get the pass rushing concerns in theory, though in practice, I completely disagree with them. And I think the Eagles found this sort of market inefficiency when it comes to interior pass rush. And that's actually the opening day of camp. That's what I asked Howie Roseman. I said, yeah. you made the big deal for Hardgrave. Last two, last two drafts, you put significant draft resources into building the defensive tackle position when you've already had guys like Fletch and Hardgrave there. You know, what's the, the rationale there? And they're saying, you look around the league, you know, the best quarterbacks, what hurts them the most? Inside pressure. Inside like pressure. Aaron Donald. You have, you know, T, uh, J.J. Watt, where he's a 3-4 defensive end playing more 4-tech. 
that's more of an interior pass rush too. Yeah. He's in, you know, he's on a nose guard. Right. And I think having that fresh rotation where I don't expect Hargrave to be putting up 10 sack numbers, Fletch's days of that is over, even though he's still a quality player. Right. Milton Williams still coming along. He's not going to be putting up that. But those guys can be fresh all season long. And that's not talking about just the fourth quarter of a specific game, but the fourth quarter of the season overall. That they're all going to be fresh and going. I, I think that it's the uh, – I think what's happened to that position – now at least in getting scouted is it's become um scouts and and coaching staffs are being asked to look at different stuff like you can't look at a guy's sack number as a tackle for loss and say oh he was super productive or you know he wasn't productive like that's just not the way that these college college defenses are running nowadays i i call it the i think it's like the the quentin williams disease Like, (laughs) like you know he came in um, and there's a lot of questions about what his productivity would be. Now he's a guy where, like, I think every, every you know, 30 other teams will want to own their team. Like, I, 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 he's the same. He's not as big as Jordan Davis. No, no human being is, but the same kind of thing. You know, he's a guy that there's questions about his productivity, and he smashed the box on a lot of those things. And I feel like um, what we're seeing is exactly what, I think it's happening in in the NBA. There's just a the defensive line has almost become positionless. Like if you like, yeah. you, you know, if you are if you are a, a lineman, you're a lineman, and if you're a rushman, you're a rushman, and we'll figure everything else out. You know, so I I, I do think that there is we're heading toward a kind of a revolution of of the defensive line position and kind of what they're, they're kind of like the re the redo or the rebook yeah. of what it looks like. Throwing out another NBA comp, we're certainly real hoopers on here. Thousand percent. Going to say real hoopers who listen to us as well. Like how are we talking about it? And you could just see if you watch watch games on Sunday. Interior pass rush, more of a focus for teams, higher priority. And throwing the comp, I get, and I think this is a fair comp because he might be one of the best players of all time, regardless of Aaron Donald. Little Steph Curry in a way. Yep. If a guy that was underdrafted. Because yeah. of size concerns, even yeah. though the skill was just yeah. absolutely undeniably unbelievable, comes in, kind of revolutionized that thing. And you guy have you have a guy like Steph, no one's put up threes like him, and you really hadn't seen a defensive tackle be such a dominant president in the pass rush since Warren Sapp. And Warren Sapp, I, I thought growing up was one of the best players I've ever seen. Yeah. Aaron Donald is much, much better than Warren Sapp. And I think oh, Warren Sapp. Is yeah. you know he's in the Hall of Fame is an undeniable Hall of Fame, right. and now everyone wants to jack up threes like Steph, and you get Lamelo Ball in the league, and you get these guys, and you get that guy, you get Ann Edwards, and I think we're seeing that trickle down effect for the underdrafting of yeah. Aaron Donald, you know, eight nine years ago, whatever yep. it was. Yeah, I I think that um, you know because back then there was a there was a main frame for what you wanted your defensive tackle to look like. Um, two down player, right? You want two down player, a guy who's gonna punch the you know punch lineman in the, in the mouth and and keep going and you know just make stuff really uncomfortable for a quarterback. Nowadays, it's just not the case. Aaron Donald's a four down player. He is probably sitting at two percent body fat. <laughs> you know, he is. Um, he's a guy who, you know, he runs almost as quick as running backs do. 
He's got the strength of, of three men, and the guy just uh, looks like he hasn't had a car in years. Like the the, the prototype is just different. Like, he just looks like he he's not he's never going to be conventional, and I think that's what's helping you know change what you look for you know on that line. I think it's just the same way as like do you what you want your running back to look like? Do you want a short, speedy running back? Well, maybe. Maybe you're more apt to do that now because now you carry you have four other running backs, so you know you don't need your speedy guy to be your four down guy anymore. You know, so you 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 don't you don't mind that you're the bug on first and second down. Who would you rather train with, Papa Swift for like three hours, which that's that sounds I, I would die in thirty seconds, <laughs> or the Aaron Donald knife drill? You know what? I'd probably. I would probably train. I'd rather die like yeah. passed out from the yeah. swift one than just get stabbed by Aaron. I'd Donald. rather not have. I'd rather not lose a limb or a finger. <laughs> That's unbelievable. For people who don't know, what we're talking about Aaron Donald in terms of you see, it's been a you know revolution in the last 10, 15 years. Guys, uh, defensive linemen learn jujitsu and karate yeah. or those types of mixed martial arts to improve their hands in terms of getting defensive linemen or offensive linemen off them, swim, rip, all those types of things, not getting held. And then Aaron Donald's just like, let's take it up and turn it into a Jet Li movie. Come and has guys just trying to stab him with knives at different places. And he's just, you know, karate chopping them off a bit. And I'm just like, this really is the best defensive player ever. ESPN. Did a article this week talking about the goat at every position. They do one of those things where they pull 50 analysts, writers, whatever. Right. Best edge rusher ever was LT. Yep. Just edged out Reggie. I would go Reggie. Inherent yeah, bias, yeah. but it yeah. I mean, obviously LT's unbelievable, but Fair's I, fair. I would have went Reggie. Defensive tackle, uh, overwhelmingly Aaron Donald. I think that's that's pretty easy. Uh safety was Ronnie Lott. And you know, all respects, you know, my dad's you know, grew up in the eighties. Yeah. Thanks Ronnie Lott's like the best player. Ever. I didn't see him play. I can't totally say it, but I, I respect are, him. Obviously, obviously I, have, I have no issue yeah. with him being the best safety, no but I think Ed Reed, uh, Tom Brady's the best player of all time because it's the quarterback. I think the best player I've ever seen, like as a true football player is Ed Reed. And I would think really the best three players, I think Donald besides Ed Reed is the best, you know, pure football player I've ever seen. You know, was, you know what's interesting about that? Um, I, I think Tom Brady, and I'm, I only mentioned this because I saw a, a clip yesterday with Tom Brady. Every time he's asked who's the player he hated playing against, he always says every, and this is a guy who has seven championship rings and has played against literally everybody, like has played against almost father and son and, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I would probably, Again, both both of our dads have seen Ronnie Lott play, but I, I think that I would probably go with Ed Reed too. I, I've never seen anything like Ed Reed, um, and I'm you know I'm old enough to remember Ed Reed in his Miami days. You know, growing I up, I just watched the U, the two U, thirty yeah, for thirty, thirty for thirty, yeah, yeah, yeah. And these, I, I I think that we 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 might even be understating it. Like Ed Reed was incredible. He covered the entire field from end to end and still made interceptions look like baseball catches. Like a guy. Besides Dion, he's probably the best ball in his hands defensive player of all time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you have to give it to Dion, even though right. <laughs> not my favorite player of all time. <laughs> uh, I like to think Dion, Dion definitely had his best days as a, as a Falcon and a Niner, I would say is his, his yes. career. His career went downhill after that. He won that Super Bowl with the 49ers. I definitely say that. 
Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know, he didn't wasn't really a returner all the time, given his responsibilities as you know the yeah. best cornerback in the league. But uh, you know, if he actually was a returner, is clearly the best returner. Clearly, but right, yeah. And I, I think um, Ed Reed was. You know, he wasn't even a guy that ever did returns, but he could have been a Pro Bowl, oh yeah, or a punt returner if he really wanted to do yeah. that. Yeah, I think um, he he just made it look natural. Like some guys, you see, get an interception or return a, 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 a um, return a kick, and it never looks natural to him. He is a guy who looks very natural. Like he looked very, he looked like a receiver every time he caught an interception. Like it was never like. He's gonna fumble the ball and then get to it and go. Like he caught the ball, it's like I'm out. Like he was, you could tell he was just never. It was always a natural motion to him. Yeah, he's like, you know, Jim Edmonds or Tori yeah. Hunter tracking yeah. the ball in center field. He was that good, yeah. and he could do everything. He wasn't just you know a a cornerback playing safety. Yeah. He he could do. And that's what that that turn of the century. I think Dolph was really the first player yep. you saw, and he came in third in the safety rankings. I think. Having him as a top three safety, I don't. I'd say he's the best safety of tier two. I'd really put Lowry oh, yeah. Reed in a, in a separate tier. Yeah, uh, but top three all time is fair for me. And then you know, Doc was a little bit before Ed Reed, and you know, Doc lays the blueprint for the twenty first century yeah. uh, safety. And then Ed Reed kind of takes it to a, an he entirely different level. level. Yeah, sure. But a guy that could just do every part of the game. And you know, when Dawkins was in the open field too, he wasn't Ed Reed, but right. uh, had that aspect of the game, had the the tracking skills, the ball skills, and yeah, I mean. You know, you've seen guys rack up. Uh, I'd say Asante Samuel has the best ball skills I've ever seen for a defensive back, cornerback, yeah. or safety. Just the anticipation and jumping the routes is unbelievable. Talked about Doc. Talked to Dawkins about Asante Samuel. Yeah. Uh, but Ed Reed, uh, just a different caliber of player. Just uh, you know, faking Peyton Manning out, baiting. How can you bait Peyton Manning into an interception? And he did it. He would do it. And there's you, it's one right, of the best breakdowns you, of all time. How do you bait one of the goats into an interception? Just uh, the most – the best pre – I would say Peyton's the best pre-snap quarterback of all time. And then uh, Brady is post-snap. His ability to process the defense post-snap is the best ever. But Peyton, you, before the snap, uh, you know, knew what they were going to audible in before yeah. he did his first audible on their corresponding audible, just stuff like that. Um, it's funny you mentioned Asante Samuel because he was on um, – uh, we don't normally shout out other podcasts on this, but he was on I Am Athlete. And we respect I Am Athlete. We've yeah, we, about yeah much, much respect we, to we, them. Like we respect I Am Athlete. They did a really, really good Shady interview and stuff like that. Um, so he was on uh, – he was on there and – he was um, he was asked about, or he was just given a breather breakdown of like the Patriots organization and kind of his relationship, you know, with Belichick and stuff like that. And he gives a great, great story on uh, the year that they franchise tagged him. Um, it was it was very funny. So I I encourage you to listen. But basically, like Belichick called him and was like, "Hey, it's Bill, we're gonna we're gonna tag you." And like he like basically hung up on Belichick, <laughs> but. And like went into the offices and were like, nah, like I need to, I need to talk to you right now, type stuff. But it was, it's a, the way he tells it is hilarious and it's very, very, very funny to hear. He was, he had, he had everybody cracking up, and it's a very funny story because he's just like, his in in a very Asante Samuel way, he basically told um, Belichick the 
to expedite himself. It was it was awesome. He had such great vibes too. Yeah, he was. He great continues to have him. He's a great, great dude. Probably Hall of Very Good Player, Hall of Fame vibes guy. Yeah, it was, and I think you know another another thing um, that kind of came to mind with me is relationship with his son, which is interesting too. It's an interesting story, but like um, you know, him talking about how him and Junior have. It's wild that his kids in the league, not to cut you off, but just isn't that crazy? In terms of, and then like f- five of the like, top yeah. first round picks in the MLB draft were all, were all juniors. The, the Phillies drafted Carl Crawford's son, and the first pick was someone else's son, or Andrew Jones's son went second. It was, yeah, he went and he went second. Yeah, all, that's like, uh, was it two years ago now when when they had that run in the NFL draft? Like three out of the top 10 were our juniors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you're seeing that in the NBA now. Really, it's it's yeah, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think of Cole um, Anthony, and you know, so many players are just junior now. And I think Anthony, the Shaq's son just, just Shaq's son, Scotty's son, right? Scotty's son. Um, it's it's crazy that we are in that era of. It just shows how old we are and decrepit. Yeah, that we're in that that era already. It's only a kick. A jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Got any bets cooked up? For I made a couple of wagers for the NFL and college season this week. So I like uh, uh, I follow this uh, like this this college football. It's a SEC slanted um, college football account. One of the okay. there's a consensus among big SEC guy. Yeah, right. Big big, big SEC guy over here. Um, there is a consensus that you're like the they did like a best outcome for each team and like the top the best outcome for. Um, Georgia and Bama was, you know, 10 and 0 national championship. So like for one of those teams is going to be national championship. Um, I put, um, I haven't, I haven't placed a wager yet, but it's so tough to repeat in college football. Like you just, just, just never, I, I don't think that we'll ever see at least not in this era. Now a, a repeat champion It is extremely tough to do. That's why all those Bama teams are, are so goaded because it's almost unheard of to do. Um, but I, we're heading to a season where Georgia might actually be there again. Um, Ohio State's really, really, really good. They're, they have a quarterback. C.J. Stroud is probably going to be a top five pick. Um, and then the other one of the other top five QBs taken off the board is is leading the Crimson Tide. So I think one of those three is probably who I'm going to place my wager on. 
Um, I don't know where I'm leaning right now because they're all really, really, really good. But um, I'm probably going to play something on the Heisman too. That's always a fun bet to place your Heisman money. I took Oklahoma, 10 plus oh, yeah. Still playing in the Big 12. Yeah. Plus 125. I, I hopped on that. That was my lone college bet. So I love that. Yeah. I love more. that. I think they're, I, I think I haven't put anything on them, but I might do uh, throw sprinkle a little bit on USC national championship. If you're going to yeah. bet the field option, I think they run the table in the Pac 12, similar to Oklahoma, where they could get uh, those two berths into yeah. the. Uh, the college football playoff, you're assuming there's two SEC teams and yep. they're going to be right. Those two will be right there with Ohio State as the other. I'm sure two of those three teams uh, will make it along with Georgia and Bama. Yeah. Then I took a little Doug Peterson action. Jacksonville <laughs> went to the AFC South plus 750. A little lower than I expected. That's that a little lower than I thought. I could get. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. Uh, I wouldn't have guessed that was that low, but to each his own. A little bit of a lock for me, I would say. Uh, seem disastrous right now between the coach, the quarterback, an organization that if I was a media member, I would think maybe not a well-run organization like the Philadelphia Eagles. Arizona Cardinals, under eight and a half wins, minus 110. I think that's I, the I think best have, of all these in terms of hitting. They have full, the Cardinals have full blow-up potential. I mean yeah. – it's got like Kyler sitting out a game. I think what's the odds that I could take on that? They have four. <laughs> like, what's the odds? Like, what can we take on Kyler missing a study assignment or like Kyler? Kyler, you missed a tutor session. Like, new like, war zone they, map just dropped. <laughs> like, I, I think that that's probably your best bet. I really, really think that they have blow up potential written all over them. I, I, I wish I could have got an adjusted line under. Six and a half or something. Obviously, there would be way better odds, and that's part of it too. But if it was under six and a half plus two fifteen, I think that would be great. Yeah, I would say that <laughs> under yeah under under five and a half plus two fifty or whatever. There's like um, you know there was a uh, there was oh, I'm trying to think where I read it. I think it might have been like a um might have been a Cardinals beat, but okay. Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was asked. Um, basically, just about about Kyler in general. Everything, like, yeah, everything. <laughs> he's like, and he's basically like, oh, yeah, like some days he has to tell him like, oh, it's okay to mess up, you know. Like sometimes this it, it, it can be a lot for him. And I tell you what, if that's a guy, there's nothing more you want than the guy who just committed 150 million dollars to to have to tell him it's okay to mess up. The game gets away from us. Like I, I'm telling you, man. You that might be the smartest money that has full, absolutely implosion, uh, bus written all over it. I, 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 I agree with you. Like, we're talking about Kyler even missing a game or two, like on the just, bench, just like, like week five, not yeah. doing it, just not, <laughs> probably, probably not happening today, pal. <laughs> like, literally, like, and then, like, yeah, week five, like, yo, I'm not doing it, and then week eight, you know what? He's he's just we're just taking a break, he's gotta let the game come to him. We, we, we want to let the game slow down for him, a hundred percent. Seeing if we could get uh, with the bets are to, to miss the playoffs. I don't see it. I see to make the playoffs. I'm uh, I'm just effing around on uh, DraftKings right now. Playoff parlays. 
Ooh, these are these are spicy. Are they? Yeah, it makes two teams to parlay to make the playoffs, which you can't do on their own. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's see what we got here. Eagles Cowboys plus 120. Uh, I would take that. I mean, I my heart, I could never take that bet, but I think right, that's that's a decent bet to make if you're into that. Chiefs and Eagles plus 130. No, I like that. Chargers Eagles plus 140. I don't think that's high enough because of the how tough the AFC West is. Right. Even though I would pick Herbert and the Chargers to make it. Anything uh I love Raiders Jay. Eagles. I'm, I'd be I'm into all, that. I'm fully Jay Herbo Phil. So anything related to Dude, him. he's unbelievable. <laughs> Raiders Eagles plus 290. That is, these I think you're getting don't do these yeah. bets. I'm saying it right now, these. you seem all ripped yeah. off. I would not do these. Um, I will, uh, like I said, shout out to shout out to our guy Swaggy. I'm so Jay Herbo Phil. Um, I I I love him. It's the AFC is is daunting, dude. The AFC is like the the NBA Eastern Conference right now. Like there's just there's a lot of landmines to make your way through. But uh, I I love him. And, and the Chargers this year. I also love the Bills. There's a lot, a lot to like about those teams over there. I'm glad that um, they're over there, but um, I wouldn't take those bets though. But I, I don't. Those seem like uh, sucker bets to me. They are sucker. And then this feels a little suckery too. But it's fun to, to just. <laughs> you could do stage of elimination for teams. Oh yeah, that's fun. That's fun. So for the birds, you have to miss the playoffs plus one fifty. I feel like that's a normal bet. That's fine. that's a normal bet, yeah. To lose in wild card round plus two twenty five. I guess that's a little bit better than whatever yeah. they are to make the playoffs. Yeah, divisional round plus three hundred. I feel like that's not a good value there to win a playoff game. Is plus like ten dollars to win thirty dollars for the Eagles to yeah. win one playoff game and get out. No, losing conference championship game plus seven hundred does not feel high enough. No, it does not feel high enough. Losing the Super Bowl plus eighteen hundred. I'd rather just take them to win the NFC. Yeah, at that, I mean, those are those are. It's still we're going to be in a, in a thick of it in the next couple of days. But yeah, those those all seem like kind of low for me. I'd sooner just say I put just I'd rather just put clean or semi clean money on them to just win the NFC. You could just to win the AFC to win the NFC is plus eleven hundred. Yeah. I would just take that instead. Because what are you going to do? Yeah. Sit there if you're obviously Eagles fans are listening to this podcast. What you just you, ha- you got them plus eighteen hundred stuff instead of plus eleven hundred. You're sitting there on February thirteenth, like they're Herbert. Let's let's get a Herbert that tore us out. Let's so get right. Get this extra thirty dollars. <laughs> I need an extra thirty bucks. So let's get. I need uh, Jay Herbo to light us up like a Christmas show. I've done it the last two years. Let me see. Is it on this app? Uh. Last year I did it, and I'm doing it again this year. I did it during Memorial Day weekend, just effing around. You could do exact results for the Super Bowl, and I think you get legit really good odds on those. For exact, I don't think they're like that. they're sucker bets in the sense that these aren't going to happen, but value wise, they're not sucker bets. Like that. Like so, that. Eagles to beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl would be ten dollars to win two grand. I think that's a that's a fair odd for that's a specific fair. result. Yep. And Eagles to beat the Bills is ten dollars to win a, just one grand. All right, I think that's fine, value wise. I, I feel like also, um, I feel like Eagles Bills or Eagles Chargers is a lot of people's 
sexy. That's your that's your sexy hipster Super Bowl pick as Eagles versus Chargers. I feel like right. Chargers is definitely the sexy hipster pick. The you know um, that's a clean Super Bowl too. There's like not much history between the two. Like I I just think it should be be decent uniform matchup. I would think too. Good vibe. It's a very clean uniform matchup. They don't both wear like dark blue or something like that. Um, Quarterbacks with some vibes. I think Eagles Bills will be fun. I think that's fun in terms of the absolutely insane fan perspective, right? Because we 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 each have to one up each other fan base wise. So I think that's a lot of fun. Um, outside of that, I, I think that another or like some cool ones that you could root for. Like I think Eagles Bengals would be a lot of fun, um, and even Eagles Raiders. Like I, I think that the those four teams have like those are all legit shots to to run the table to the Super Bowl and obviously um we already know how we feel about the birds but those are those are four I wouldn't be surprised at all that like if the Eagles make it that they're looking across from I'm looking at some of the other bets I made this is a just absolutely atrocious shot by me <laughs> hurts to win MVP eleven dollars to win two hundred nine dollars that's plus eighteen hundred is just terrible value for him yeah that well yeah <laughs> I must have just I must have just got really excited and wanted to make yeah it. I, I thought you were groggy that day and you were like oh, I'll yeah take I'll take and then another one I had a ten cent free bet no idea how uh took Eagles to be the Ravens seventy dollars Sure. Why, why, not? No, why not? I'll why take not? it. Yeah. But uh, I just imagine a scenario. We're going into conference championship weekends. The Eagles, they won the division, and they're getting a home playoff game yep. in the conference championship against the 49ers, let's say. And then in the AFC title game, it's Bills, Chargers, and <laughs> Buffalo. The Eagles have the early game. Yep. Close one. Get by Shanahan and the Niners. Get by Shanahan, yep. Yep. And I'm, I'm I'm speeding home from the link to go sit on my TV and be like, am I going to win one grand next month or am I going to win two grand? Or you're going to win two grand. Uh, <laughs> it's like that uh, that TikTok where it's like um, the girls are like, you're sitting on your couch and you hear Joe Buck's voice and your boyfriend has one of these players playing. And it's like that one. It's, per- it's perfect. Um, and it, it's a reminder too that it's as. F- as long as the season feels, it's really short. I mean, Eighteen weeks goes by so fast. I feel like last season just started. Like I feel like I just watched that Halloween Eagles Lions game. Right. That's how. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like we literally haven't even wrapped up last season. But and it's crazy too because um, in doing some stuff for the Ricky, I realized that the like the first. Uh, this is how jumbled how jumbled our our sports brains are. The, like the first um, NBA preseason week is like the first week of October, so tra- <laughs> training camp starts next month. We don't. There's there is no. If you get through June and July as a sports fan, you do not have to worry about not having to watch sports for the next ten months. Like that's how amazing it is. July's a rough month, rough month uh, yeah. in terms of trying to crank out content too. Yeah. With the Phillies being so inconsistent, and they're not they're not the main squad in town, obviously. Yeah, it's Birds and the Sixers are in tier two, I think, to themselves. Yeah. Um, uh, so very very happy for both professional yeah. personal reasons that fall is coming. Yeah, a thousand percent, especially professional. I mean, definitely 
us on this end and and you know for the re- the other stuff that I'm doing it's uh it's not even not even just like getting used getting ready for the weather just like literally professionally finally having something to write about I love the weather, man. Jason A. V. will stab me for saying I don't want it to be 98 <laughs> degrees and sunny every day. Like, so it's like October 3rd. Someone's, it's, you know, 59 degrees out. Oh, I'm wearing a hoodie and shorts right now. It's awesome. Jason, like, I want to die because the sky goes. <laughs> like, you're right, you're like, you're like, you're like, you know, I'd love, I love the 45 degree morning. And Jason's like, you know, what better for yourself, bro? Like, you know, like <laughs> during the, the heat wave last week, he was like, this is the best time of my life of all time like he's gonna have a spin zone where he's pro global warming yeah. just because he wants it to be 100 degrees every day well, yeah well him and Fink, like him and i can't him. tell if he's, just with him in general can't tell what's real what's not like right at what point did he become the character you yeah, know, stuff like, that. <laughs> like he, uh, wants it, he wants it to be 100 degrees every day and fink wants the sunset to be 9 30 every day it's, he won't go to an eagles game if it's under like 60 degrees <laughs> it's just insane like and i just different vibes for different people but like the hottest eagles game i remember was the jake elliott game against the oh, giants yeah. that was week three 2017 yeah um you know the the old woman who sits next to me when i had season ticket i was yeah, going like yeah. a fan like that uh was just giving me sunscreen the entire game in my like with my shirtless flavors everyone shirt shirt on <laughs> rocking those kd4 Nike IDs, <laughs> and she just um, she's just helping you dodge yourself. She's just like sunscreen lotion. Her and her husband, uh, Chuck and Eileen, were their names. And I didn't really see them last year at all. They might not have gone. I think the the husband got sick. They were older. They're, okay. they're kind of my uh, adopted grandparents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once, <laughs> week one, seeing them for the first time in like you know what is it, seven eight months, whatever yeah. it is, and. It made like I get the vibe. They were like, it made sense. They said like, oh, we go to church every morning, like those types of people, but so, it's like such a pure way because they're yeah. old. And yeah. she, she goes and like puts her two hands on me, like just being so nice, like give her a hug, give him a hug. Like we pray for you every morning. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that sounds like I really appreciate it, but I didn't realize I was in that bad of shape. Oh, we we pray for you every morning. I was like, I'm glad someone is at least. He's like Seamus. We pray for you every <laughs> evening. Um, Sunday, we're wondering, we're hoping you didn't make it in a good way. <laughs> like, right. what's like Goodwill Hunting? They want to show up at my doorstep, and yeah. I'm not there anymore. Yeah, they go see a man about a horse, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. They didn't go. Like, and I haven't seen them in a while because of the COVID year. And sometimes, if it, obviously for like a night game or something, they won't come. Yeah, remember yeah, just yeah. being. Little banged up asking the guy who was sitting next to me, was like, dude, where did you get these tickets? Like, stop, they're like, stop up. I'm like, they definitely don't know how to stop up. They're getting their kid to set it up on stuff. Yeah, probably they're probably like their grandkid or something, or their kid is setting up stuff up for them. That's probably that's a telltale. Like, I, I've I've been to um like uh I've been to Sixers games like that. Like the last time I had season tickets, there was a like a, a grandma and grandpa who sat in front of me in like the one day. Um the one month they weren't there was because they went on vacation for a month. Oh, but okay. people, they came in front of them. I was like, dude, like, do you mind telling me where you guys should take it from? Yeah. Like, yeah, I got them. It's a family. I mean, I think yeah. it's like fever pitch with Jimmy Fallon. It seems so stupid when he's like, I know all these people around them. But like, yeah, they're like, they're more, you know, I was felt like I was closer to them than I was, you know, a lot of right. my grandparents. Exactly. I was even closer yeah. to them than my actual grandparents. 
Because it is uh, a true, it, it is a, I feel like it is. I, I mean, that's the best world. part of being a fan is the, the communal bond. Yeah. Like there's also, I think that that's also how you make those kind of friendships. Like, um, you know, my, my grandparents, when not so much now because they're, they're, you know, they're retired and stuff like that. But, you know, back in the day, in the vet days, they used to, they used to travel with um, other fans to go to the away games. And these are people that they met at home games. You know, like they would be like, oh, like we're all heading down to D.C. for the, you know, for the whatever game and blah, blah, blah. Like that's the whole communal part of it is, yeah. is meeting people. Um, wasn't my angle, but I wish I could have gotten in on the uh, the line <laughs> of secession for the seats. I know. Because uh, <laughs> in my, my family's plan or family friend's plan, it's not in my, neither okay. my or my dad's name, kind of. People think people thought I've had Eagles season tickets my entire life. I didn't go to like an Eagles game for the first time until like I was a freshman in college. <laughs> we ended up getting on these plan. We have seats one through six, and I guess they would be seven and eight. So it would have been nice yeah. if uh, could have picked that up. I don't know. I don't even not, I don't necessarily want to pick it up. I would. I want them to keep going. I was now, gonna say I'm I don't want to really go. I'm not really going anymore because you know yeah. media member, uh, <laughs> you know big J journalist. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I, I do like the idea of them still going together. Yeah, I think that's and, cool. And the guy is a uh, – this is so classic. They don't drink when they go. I think they used to be uh, big partiers stopped. Well, right, yeah. Maybe that's why they threw some prayers my they way. Some... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he was a radio guy during the game, like headset on. Oh, yes. Portable radio, like – Who's like I'm grabbing? Who just went down? I can't see. Yeah. Like, what's Merrill saying right now? Like, what's the review gonna be? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I can't listen to you and listen to that at the same time. Like, pressing his heads against these like air traffic control <laughs> headphones. He's like, Merrill's in your ear. Who's who's who just went down? I can't see. <laughs> That's why he's praying for you. They pray for me. They're praying for my uh, my eyesight. <laughs> As the goes, the longer the day goes on. Feel like they were praying that traffic hell is shame is suffers on. I feel like that's a good way to end it. We just hit yeah. the hour mark. Yeah, for sure. Uh, plug the newsletter. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, we're um, very thankful that we're careening toward the start of NBA training camp in a couple of weeks. Uh, but you know, rice to Ricky Sanchez.com says newsletter. We got. Um, some really cool stuff coming up, really cool, you know, sponsor activations and stuff like that. We're um, excited that we are headed to a fall where, you know, hopefully we have some playoff baseball, a really good football team, and a basketball team that all consensus is probably going to be a top two or three seed in, in its conference. So I'm excited for some some really, really fun fall times around, around the Delaware Valley. So um i'm looking forward to it for sure that's that's stateside surfside team man is, is yeah so cool. man so i was, was in wildwood a couple of weeks ago first time i went out in wildwood in like eight or nine years <laughs> but <laughs> it was just this is a different world than i remember it uh but i was i was crushing those and they were so so good and i think they're they're a good replacement for the archetypal south philly northeast philly South Philly and Northeast Philly, I feel like hate each other. Like yeah, right. principle, we're just two sides of the same coin in reality. Uh, definitely a good replacement for Twisted Sea. I think that will. I'm not tailgating anymore, given my media status. Yeah, given your status, but I, yeah. 
but I think that should be at least in September, October, still not the summer, a tailgate staple. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll be really nice. I think that'll be it'll be cool for definitely the um, the Vikings game. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like. I hope that's a not for Jason's sake. I hope that's a sweatshirt and a <laughs> shorts game. <laughs> that might be our first freshman shorts game. I know. Pray. Like, sorry. Sorry to Jason. We love you, dude. Yeah. Uh, for me, obviously, you subscribe to this. If you're listening to this, I'm sure you subscribe already. So I've always, I always think it's weird. People are like, you know, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. If they're listening to the podcast, how do you think they found it? They're like, you know what? I'm just going to look at look up Eagles podcast and find this random one. Like, oh, these two idiots. I'm oh, sure these right. Fine. Yeah, so but if you're not already subscribed for some reason, subscribe. And then, again, uh, work at Philly Voice will be – have been at Eagles training camp doing tons of coverage. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus Central Clancy. And, of course, please read phillyvoice.com. In addition, we have Jimmy Kemsky there who does BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gallon, obviously, of bleedinggreennation.com. Yeah, yeah. So, if for me, we'll talk soon. Yeah, buddy.